America is great because America is good. If America ceases to be good, America will cease to be great. As I was reading this week in preparation for men's Bible study, I came across a, a great message that I thought was ridiculously powerful by one of what I would consider to be the greatest preachers in, in this century who went to be with the Lord just a few years ago. Every single phrase of the message was powerful. And I wanted to share it and not take any credit for it. So I, I used it for men's Bible study and I could only get partway through it and I just prayed about it. God said, you need to share that. And then God gave me other things to put along with that. So, so God gave me this this morning that we are as a nation, if we are not in prayer and careful at this very moment, going to go from exaltation to to degradation. People say all the time, churches shouldn't talk about politics. I totally disagree, and I'll point that out and prove you to be wrong this morning. Because our schools, our universities, have become training grounds for humanism. My Lexi is in college right now, and she will come home many times because she's majoring in sociology, and she will come home and tell us that almost every single professor is extremely, extremely liberal in their thinking. Their views on Christianity and what we believe are the complete opposite of what we would teach. I believe that America is in deep trouble. So I've... I've prayed this week, and God has said to me, you need to preach about this now so people can prepare their hearts for what is coming if we don't come to our senses. There are huge chunks of information about our religious heritage as a nation that have been taken out of the textbooks of our schools and our universities. And history has been rewritten. I believe that it's not too late for us as a nation to yet turn around before God judges us. I want us to see this morning what I believe is right about America. What is right about America? You know, our earliest settlers were people who came here primarily looking for religious freedom. That which we take for granted every single day. And it was primarily in the atmosphere of God, not gold, that America was born. But America has turned into a nation of greed and wealth. Where we take the simplest things for granted, like turning on clean water. And being able to leave and walk 200 feet away from here and have any kind of food that you could imagine. Around 150 years passed in time of the earliest settlers to the beginning, the real beginning of our nation. There were many things that happened during that 150 years that did not make us proud. But then something happened, something cataclysmic happened that changed everything. Beginning in 1734, a series of great crusades and revivals began to spread throughout all 13 colonies, 
So many people came to Christ that the era is known today as the Great Awakening. Already here 150 years, and God said, already you are on the wrong path. The path of prosperity and greed always leads the wrong direction. God is always replaced by things that we want and desire more than things that we need. It was Benjamin Franklin who said, it was wonderful to see the change soon made in the manners of our inhabitants from being thoughtless or indifferent about religion. It seemed as if all the world were growing religious so that one could not walk through the town in an evening without hearing psalms sung in different families of every street. The great awakening had begun. It was the knowledge of this that without God, without him who we desperately need, we become evil people, selfish people, greedy people, immoral people. And we don't even realize how little by little we got there. The Great Awakening was the precursor to what is known in history as the American Revolution. And you may not know it, but because of spiritual things going from town to town and neighborhood to neighborhood and people actually turning to Christ, a revolution was on the horizon. It was called the American Revolution. And during that time, our Declaration of Independence, our Constitution, and our Bill of Rights were all written. And they were based on a moral foundation that was anchored in nothing less than the Word of God. It was engraved in our monuments, in our statues, in our capital of the United States of America. Yet teachers today act as if it's not important and rewrite history. And teach us, it is far more important to be politically correct than to speak the truth. What we preach and sing about today is not so that you'll like the contemporary music at our church. It's so that you will see the God of all the universe, the creator of all we are, is the only one that can satisfy the soul. The great awakening brought upon us the American Revolution. Our independence our freedom, the things that we say that we value so much but so often take for granted. The generation that experienced the Great Awakening had a strong desire to please God. America wasn't founded on perfect people. It came to be America, the America that we love because men and women had character. Those who loved God acknowledged that God was the supreme ruler over all mankind. Our God, not Allah, our God, Jehovah God. The scripture says this in Psalm 33, 12, it says, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he has chosen for his inheritance. It is not enough to be religious. We must believe in Jehovah God as the only God. And there is one God and one mediator between God and man, and his name is Jesus. And we still freely lift the name of Jesus. 
without threat of having our heads cut off. I heard of a man this week, a Muslim man, who got upset about his work situation and cut a lady's head off. America is in trouble. ISIS is not over there. ISIS is here. It is time for another great awakening. America was protected, directed and protected by God. Not by man's ingenuity or creativity. God protected those early settlers in this country. And even at that, it yet took 150 years before God made them realize that if they did not turn to God and build their house upon the Lord, they would labor in vain that built it. Because that's what the psalmist said. Except the Lord build the house, you labor in vain to build it. I guarantee you, and I can make you a promise, that the only hope for your small children and your teenagers and your college-age people and your children that are married is Jesus. The only hope is the Word of God returning to the Word of God. Not our creativity. I believe that America was without doubt under God's direction being protected from evil. The British Empire at the time of the Revolutionary War possessed the most powerful fighting forces in the world. There was a ragtag assembly of volunteers, farmers, tradesmen, who composed the ranks of what we called the Continental Army. They were outmanned, outnumbered, and outgunned, but they wanted to stand for what they believe. They were ready to fight and die on behalf of Jehovah and the freedom to worship him, as should we. You see, this is what I believe is wrong with America. The entitlement mentality is so deep. The political correctness, the immorality in our nation is so deep and so bad that it's infected the church. And we have to say what is politically correct all the time, and so no one is corrected. There is no such thing as political correctness. Political correctness is incorrect. Nobody cares that Hillary Clinton will... Throw us to the dogs? Nobody cares. It's okay, honey, I got this. <laughs> Don't let her up here. Whew. Oh, wow. There's nothing correct about it. And there's the continental, colonial, hick, Farmer army that is banded together with very little weapons going against a massive British army who wants to control America. And I was reminded as I was studying of a scriptural text that really stuck clear in my mind found back in 2 Kings 6. And the thing that drives 2 Kings chapter 6 into my mind more indelibly than any other text in the scripture is because I was to Bosnia and I do remember them talking about the Muslim armies that surrounded the city of Mostar 
and shot from the hills, outnumbered in masses were the people down below, that every building is full of mortar holes. Last night, we heard testimony of a lady that was from Bosnia, and she, she talked about the fact of what it was to live under a government that, and the oppression of people that only wanted you dead. People, we have no fear of God anymore. We have no fear that if we do not surrender to God, we are captive to the enemy. That's why the Bible says, don't put on your civilian clothes, but put on the whole armor that you can stand against the wiles of the devil that will take you out. Do you know what is stopping God from judging America? It is that some of us have been awakened to the reality that if we don't return to God, we are dead. It's not being preached anymore. In 2 Kings chapter 6, it says this, When the attendant of the man of God had arisen early, Elisha, and gone out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was circling the city. And a servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? And so Elisha said, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those that are with them. Then Elisha prayed and said, Oh Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the servant, and he saw, and behold, the mountains were full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Ooh, come on now. Come on now, that should make our feet dance to know the Lord's got our back if we surrender to him, if we live in purity, if we change our ways. He will not abandon us. He still has our back. There is still hope for America. It is not too late. God bless America. As I watched Celine Dion singing that in different venues, I listened to it six times, and I wanted to cry every single time. I got so choked up. You know what's wrong with Americans? And you know why so many people are joining ISIS from our own country? It's because there's a cause to fight. There's a rally call for people who are looking for a cause to fight. We have lost the desire to fight for what we have. Because we don't have God. Young people are floundering and taking their lives and living in sin because they see it in people my age. And they want a change. They're crying out, we need change. And the devil's saying, I will give it to you. And so he gave us eight years of change under Barack Obama, who has, by the way, stirred up more civil unrest than ever before in the history of our nation in that short period of time. He is responsible for what's happening in the streets. He is creating a police force that will put us in order instead of using the National Guard and our own police force. And now we would want more of that? God help us. She doesn't. I don't either. On August 27th, 1776, just 25 days after the Declaration of Independence was signed by the final delegate, Washington's army of 8,000 found itself trapped at the water's edge of the East River near Brooklyn, New York. 
20,000 experienced British soldiers were poised to attack. But for some reason, they delayed their attack, possibly waiting for the British, British fleet to sail up the river and join them. But suddenly rains came. There's Washington and his 8,000 men against 20,000, and who else, who knows what else is coming. And the rains began, and the northeast wind rose, preventing the fleet from sailing to join the 20,000 British soldiers. When night came, Washington began to evacuate his army across the mile-wide river in small boats, a few men at a time, trying to save as many as he could. As morning approached, he knew that the boats would become easy targets for the British army. But just as the sun arose, an unusually dense fog set in and formed what was literally a barrier against the British being able to see Washington's army. Suddenly, after George Washington being the last man got across the river, the fog was lifted. And the British were literally stunned to see no soldiers. Guns were fired, but it was too late. And not a single man in the Continental Army was lost. Because God was watching over. Just when you think you are surrounded on every side and the enemy has you, I remind you, the enemy's been defeated. Death can't even hold you down. When you're a child of God, there is nothing that could come against you that God will not protect you from. Some of us would think that that was just a lucky break, that fog came in. But those of us who believe in a God that saves, believe that he not only saves for eternity, he saves us in this life if we surrender to him. The scripture's still correct when it states, if God be for us, who can be against us? Right, people? Listen, if God is for us, who can be against us? Because if God is for you and you realize that nothing can separate you from the love of God, you don't have to sit in fear and worry what's going to happen. God's got it all figured out. The text actually for this morning is found in Proverbs 14, 34. It says, righteousness exalts a nation. But sin is a reproach to any people. Would we rather have exaltation or reproach? We get to decide today. We get to decide in this election. Exaltation of the one who is worthy of all of our praise by which our country was founded to begin with. And if you don't believe it, go to the United States Capitol in Washington, D.C. and see what they wrote in the, in the marble wall so that it would be there for everyone forever to see. But our liberal professors and teachers in our schools and even in Christian churches, quote Christian, are not believing that anymore. No, they're not. One of our women got in trouble this week for, for Facebooking out her own account. Why would anyone vote for Hillary? And the school system came against her. 
as a warning. Do not speak about your political preferences anymore. And I say, hog wash. I don't care if you like it or not. You don't need to look at my Facebook page. That's a choice, isn't it? They are going to vote for Ms. Clinton. Don't you ever ask yourself, what kind of a nation will our children inherit? I'm 65 years old, and I think every single day, oh, what will my kids go through, God? What will my kids experience? Will they literally go to bed at night wondering if someone's going to break down their door and come in and murder them? Oh, that's never going to happen in America. Then why did it happen in Bosnia, and why is it happening right now around the world? If you don't subscribe to the Voice of the Martyr magazine, I highly suggest you do. A family went to Afghanistan knowing that it would be dangerous there, believing that God wanted to, them to go to the Muslim people and speak the truth about God's word, and they knew that their lives were in danger. The mother was away, and her two children and her husband were back at the apartment, and they were discipling some Muslims who had come to faith in Jesus Christ, and they heard the people coming up after them to the top floor where they lived, and they hid the Muslims in a private area of their home. They were killed. The Muslims lived. The father, the daughter, and the son were shot, and the building was set on fire. And mother said, they knew that there were, we knew that our lives were in danger if we preached the gospel of Jesus Christ, but let it be so. My family did not die in vain. Do you ever stop to think that Obama does not care what people have suffered on behalf of this nation? He gave Iraq right back to ISIS. He doesn't care about our nation. You say we shouldn't be talking politics in church, then where should we talk them? Because you won't talk them in the coffee break room at work. You don't dare Facebook about it. Don't you understand that our freedoms are being taken away and we're giving them away? Do you not understand this? We should stand up against the school system that says you cannot speak your mind. I said, don't quit. Don't you dare quit. You just make your Facebook page private. Do you know people are looking to get you in trouble for speaking the truth? They're looking for it. I believe this strongly. People get the government they deserve. That pretty much says it all, doesn't it? People get the government they deserve. See, most Americans would tell you that the top priority in our nation should be the economy. But I would rather leave my children broke and safe than rich, living in fear every minute. I believe righteousness is our greatest need. There's a need for a great awakening. Our churches would be full if the Twin Towers would fall again, wouldn't they? We need those gentle reminders of God who is gracious and say, I'm not going to let your whole nation get it. I just want you to be reminded of what freedom costs. You see, I believe this. You cannot have real liberty without true righteousness. 
You cannot have true freedom without true righteousness. And so I put it this way in my own words constantly to the praise team because we're here early in the morning, 25 people setting up. Purity blocks the power of God. Or, excuse me, impurity blocks the power of God. Purity frees you. If you don't sense any power in the service, you might ask yourself, what is wrong? People are going to churches and sleeping because the pastors don't even care what God thinks. And once you do, you will be destroyed. You'll be lied about. You'll be destroyed because you believe in righteousness. You see, it's like this. Righteousness and liberty are inextricably inseparable. You can't separate them. You can't, ex you are not free when you are living unholy. You are bound. You get this? Because it's really quiet in here today. Where are the screamers? You can't expect to enjoy freedom when in your mind you are living unrighteously because at that point you are trying to excuse you, the thing that you know is blocking you from really living free and enjoying life. A little baby has no responsibilities. He doesn't have to pay the light bill. He just opens his mouth and a bottle comes. A blanket comes. A burp pad comes. He doesn't have any responsibilities. But he also has no liberties. He can't get up out of the crib until he's old enough to crawl over like many of them are. But he has no responsibilities, but he has no liberty. He's not free. So many Christians are babies. They're not free because they haven't grown in the Lord responsibly. You get it? We'll have more liberty or less in direct proportion to our character. When we lose character or righteousness, then we lose liberty. I guarantee you, if you're bound this morning, if you're feeling bound this morning and depressed and oppressed and empty and like you need another big high this next weekend and, oh, tomorrow's Monday and God help me, I got to go back to work and God, oh, my blah, 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 blah. I will guarantee you that your freedom is directly tied to your relationship with God. The joy you have in your life, you can die and, and be happy. People who cannot live responsibly and righteously or holy within must be governed from without. When you can't live righteously within, you must be governed from without. And I have to hurry up because I don't have that much time left. I believe this. Righteousness exalts a nation. Righteousness exalts a church. Righteousness exalts an individual. People love people that can be trusted. You cannot trust so many people. Backstabbing politically correct churches now that are more interested in growing than they are in seeing people genuinely live righteously, knowing that if they do, they'll be free. Isn't it a good thing that God is so gracious? Because you know what he says to you right now? He says this, there is now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Doesn't matter what you've done, you can be free right now by confessing your sin. Right like that. Isn't that amazing? Just like that, you are free from that. God says, I love you so much. I don't care what you've done. You want to be happy tomorrow? Get righteous today. 
Whew, God, I believe that there are five ways that righteousness exalts a nation real quick. Intellectually, righteousness ex- ex- exalts the, the intellectual state of a nation. I will make, I'll make you a promise that if you genuinely accept Christ into your life and you start putting him first, you're going to get smarter. People are going to say, what happened to you, man? You don't talk like an idiot anymore. Your language has changed. You actually act like you have a brain, not some redneck from Hicksville. People want to be dumb. I don't care what you say. got three teeth knocked out in front. I'm a good old country boy. Oh, my gosh. Oh, God, help us. When I get on Facebook, and I've told you this, I started following my two nieces. I'm going to follow them and bring them to Christ. My brother's two girls who, who grew up without a dad around their home, actually, that they, they're Italian. So they're larger. That gene skipped most of my body. <clears throat> and I look at them and I think, I don't care what they look like. It doesn't matter. They need Jesus. They use vile language and talk about getting drunk and partying because they don't know any better. Because nobody has nurtured them to say that righteousness will make you more intellectual. Righteousness affects you, number two, morally. It exalts the moral state of a nation. If you turn on television now, it is absolute filth. There are whole shows dedicated, dele- or excuse me, dedicated to transsexualism, to transvestites, encouraging young men and women to be the other. And I just read yesterday that a young man, a young man, I don't know if it was, a, a, it had to be a girl that changed to a man, gave birth to her own child. Now, where did that come from? Somebody at a young age didn't make them realize that righteousness exalts and makes you morally different. So no matter what you feel, you will be free if you get righteous. It affects our morals. Our nation is filthy. It affects us politically. Righteousness exalts the political state of a nation. It adds its sanctions to the authority of government. It teaches and enforces subordination. I cannot even talk to a crowd anymore without people being offended. Somebody in here is going to walk out and go, he should have never said they were heavier. Get over your stupidity. That is so stupid. That doesn't mean I don't love them. God doesn't care if you're skinny or fat, white or black or Asian or he doesn't care. He knows what's inside. He loves you. I love you. Don't listen to the devil's garbage. Those things don't matter. He affects us socially. Righteousness exalts the social state of a nation. But this is their manners. It influences a a people to combine gravity with cheerfulness. It affects how you interact socially. Have you realized we have raised up a bunch of people who are not even listening? They're so busy on their phone. They're so busy with their Facebook garbage and sticking their nose. What would you say? Huh? You talking to me? No, I'm not. It affects us physically. Righteousness affects you physically. I will make you a solid promise. I have watched over 41 years of being a pastor people's physical 
being, their countenance, their body, their looks, their smell, their greasiness, every bit of it is affected by righteousness. Would you agree or not? You smell better. You smell better. You get a bar of soap out and you go scrub. Whiter than snow, God makes us amazingly different, doesn't he? America became great because the nation was born out of revival. A revival took place. If this would happen in America, everything would change. Everything would change. Our founding fathers knew that the best government was the least government. And the more character the citizens have, the more responsibility they will assume. And the less government you'll need. Is that right or not? James Madison said, we have staked the whole future of American civilization, not upon the power of government, far from it. We have staked the future of a nation upon the capacity of each and all of us to govern ourselves and to sustain ourselves according to the Ten Commandments of God. Madison knew what he was talking about. He knew what he was talking about. When you become responsible to God and living for God, everything changes. We don't need all these social programs. The church will feed you. The church will take care of you. The church will help you. That's what God designed. That's why he appointed deacons. But today, Madison, the architect of the Constitution, would find the Ten Commandments have been trampled. We can't even publicly display them. And when government takes over, whatever it subsidizes, it controls. When you get subsidized by government, you now belong to them. Don't let social services in your life. They will control you. They will ruin your family and your home. Don't let divorce take over. Decide, I'm staying with my spouse. Don't get on food stamps and welfare because you won't work at McDonald's because it only pays $15 an hour. There are plenty of jobs. We have way too many people that want to be subsidized, and whatever the government subsidizes, it controls. You wouldn't believe what we have gone through with our building. There are so many codes and so many things that have to be followed. It's like, oh, God, is this ever going to end? Finally, we got our permits. The whole place is torn to pieces. You're going to have to enjoy this uh, theater for an extra month because we now think it'll be about December 6th when we can finally get everything done. And I am telling you, we are working our tails off, and I thank God he gave us that building. And I work with the hardest working staff on the entire planet. We have jackhammers and picks, and every, you, the place is torn to pieces. But we're blessed to have a place where we can meet that we will call our own. We are. Hitler said it. Oh, man, I wanted, to, I wanted to say this the other day, and I tweeted it, I think. Hitler said it in 1920. Give me the minds of the children, and in one generation, I will give you the fastest super state. One generation. Right now, the millennials, ages 16 to mid to late 30s, those are the millennials. They will decide the future of our nation. They are deciding it. If you talk to them on the street, they don't care. I'm too busy playing my video games. How sick and how sad that the enemy has gotten into our lives making us think that that somehow at least takes me away from the real world. Go home and burn them all. You'll be a lot happier because whatever subsidizes you controls you. 
And the devil will use a lot of things to subsidize you. But I feel good playing my video games. I get all the killing out of my system. I need to kill some people. You know, I'd like to kill so-and-so, but I can just do it on my video games. Really? The Humanist magazine stated this back in 1983. The battle for humankind's future must be waged in one in the public schoolroom by teachers who correctly perceive their role as the proselytizers of a new faith. The classroom must and will become the arena of, of conflict between the old and the new, the rotting corpse of Christianity and the faith of humanism. Classrooms became humanism's newly designed Sunday school. Well, I got this to say to all the humanists. You're not going to win. We are going to fight a battle. We are not putting on our civilian clothes. We're putting on our righteous clothes, wrapped in clothes of righteousness. We take a stand for what we believe. And the enemy in our churches will come against us and say, you're immoral, you're a crook, you're this, you're that. Pay no attention to it. You are a new creation in Christ, completely forgiven. There is no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Satan is a liar. What happened yesterday does not matter to God. He loves you. He is saying, Prado will come home. Don't let them convince you to go out and be a rotting corpse. You are alive in Christ, right? Whew. Sin is a reproach to any people. So I think about reproach and I think, what is reproach? What does that mean? What does it mean? And so I looked it up, and the simplest way to put it is this. Disappointment. Sin is a disappointment to any people. You, Satan says to you, no, 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 no. Sin is fun. Sex outside of marriage is great. Sin, you'll be happy if you become a transvestite. You'll be happy if you just have your own restrooms. None of those things will make you happy, I promise you. Living immorally only makes you guilty. It's a reproach. It's a reproach. Are you listening? It's a reproach. You are faking yourself into thinking you are somehow happy. You are not happy. You're miserable. And the only way you could soothe that misery is by drinking, smoking, doing pot, doing drugs, going to parties, going here, another vacation, another thing over here, another thing over there. I don't need any vacation from God. I need God. Ooh, nothing could separate me from the love of God, and that's what I need. That's what you need. You see, it was Thorbum who said this, the same train of immoralities that perverts the sentiments also debilitates the judgment and enfeebles its range. You get that? Put it back. The same train of immoral behavior that perverts your sentiments and tells you you're in love when you're having sex with that person outside of marriage, <laughs> perverts the sentiments also disables your judgment. You go from one issue that is depressing you to another issue that's depressing you. Am I right or not? We know this is true. It debilitates the judgment. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, not immoral behavior. It messes us up. It enfeebles its range. You are not able to do anything because you're just stymied all the time by your unhappiness. Boy, that felt good for 15 minutes. Now I'm miserable again. It's not joy. There's no way. See, we think things will make us happy, and they don't. 
America's self-indulgent, out of control, erosion of character, sexual permissiveness, perversion of the, uh, the disposal of the unwanted, unborn children, break up the family, obsession with material things, craving for pleasures, transsexual bathrooms, all have created citizens who relinquish more responsibility to the government. And the people fail to realize the government can't give them anything it doesn't first take away from someone else. In order for those transvestites to have those bathrooms, we have to go in and wonder what in the heck is going on. Two men target both the last quarters that had a decline in income. They might know God is still on the throne in America. Target will go under if they don't watch out. Twice they found men with cameras videoing women in the changing rooms. See, for somebody to have what they want, somebody else has to give up some freedom because those people aren't responsible to take action for their behavior. I'll tell you when revival's coming in this room, when this church will grow, is when every one of us stops blaming me and blaming your family and blaming your background and blaming these people and that people. Get over that, put it aside, say, I'm going to live righteously. Then, woo! Then the army will be protected by God. Then a fog will come so the enemy cannot see us because the enemy's been defeated. Death can't hold us down. No way. Liberty will last as long as character and responsibility last. We're living in the shadows of an age. Oh, my goodness. You say, but we still have a lot of blessings. It's residual. It's residual. It comes off of what somebody else has done. My former church is living in the shadow of blessing because of somebody else's work. That's the way it is. Somebody else is working. I said, it's, it's, it's the story of the little red hand. Don't call me over to the church to jackhammer. Just get it done. I gave $10. Don't call me over to the church to dig ditches, ditches out of that building that you want to use for a youth building because I gave $10. And I say this, once it's all nice and there's some Christmas trees up there and we're doing an incredible pageant in there and you can't believe that there were trucks that were being worked on in that room three months earlier, then I'm going to say, welcome, but shut up. You have nothing to say about, the, that, about what we do in this place because you did nothing to build it. I want to promise you something. You are going to get blessed out of your socks when you start living righteously, not just put your money there, put your action behind what you do. Put your action, your support. Say amen once in a while. This side's always the quiet side over there. Everybody over here, shut up for a while. So we can hear over. Does anybody over here ever enjoy what God is saying? Oh, come on, God. See, our constitution, that which governs us, was written by people of character for people of character. It was written by people of character for people of character. You won't like the Constitution. You won't like God's book if you want to live immoral, unrighteously. You won't like it. You won't want to come here. You say, yeah, I like the music there, but he just, you know, he's, he's pretty wacko. He's pretty whacked. He's messed up. You hear, you hear what I, see what I read on the Internet? You could trust the Internet, by the way. Anything that's on the Internet is truth, isn't it? It's such, oh, yeah, it must be true. Although I will say this, I am totally against Obama on giving the Internet over to the Russians and the Chinese people. Fortunately, Cruz 
put some legislation there so this can be further discussed before it happens. And hopefully Obama will be gone out of the White House. And that other thing won't be in there. She, she is a twisted liar. The most corrupt person that could ever run for president. I am not afraid to say it. So Genesis School System, if you want to complain, Mr. Tenbrink, call me. When in the world are our school systems going to realize who started this country? What we have fought for to have freedom to say what we believe. To carry guns to protect ourselves. I guarantee you they're going to say that we're the wacko terrorists because we believe in something. Messed up. We're living in the shadows of an age. Our Constitution was written for people of character. Government is not here to meet your needs. It's to protect the citizenry from tyranny and punish evildoers. Government was not designed to give you welfare. Government was designed to protect you to work, to worship, to live the way you believed. Our forefathers said that our government is to provide for the common defense promote the general welfare and not provide the general welfare. There's a difference, isn't there? Promote the general welfare because you know this, I'll guarantee you, the person who has to work a whole hour to get that $10 is going to have a, a lot more appreciation of not eating at McDonald's. Because it costs you about six bucks. You honestly think that I want to work two-thirds of an hour just to get a Big Mac that's going to destroy my body anyway? You have a new appreciation of the value of things when you actually had to do something to earn that money. Do you not? Come on now. Are you in the house or not? Either I'm deaf in this ear or something. Because this side just doesn't see. Switch sides next week, okay? Switch sides. Americans can go out and do what the Bible says. For the Bible says this, if a man will not work, neither should he eat. Shut them down. They're living off of us. Shut them down. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. It's humiliation. It's humiliation. I can tell when people come into our church and they're just looking for a handout, and I think, I want to help you, but you need to do something in return to prove that you actually want help. You need to do this change I could fix anybody's marriage you believe that not me but I got the power to fix your marriage I will guarantee you if you're going through marital troubles I can make your marriage work if you will listen because I'll tell you to do one thing change you change end of discussion our counseling's over you don't even have to pay me 80 bucks a half hour it's free, it's over, don't come back again, just change. Now what I wanna see is I wanna see you get happy. I'm gonna change, this is gonna be awesome. I'm gonna change, I'm gonna love my wife like never before. I'm gonna love my husband just like never before, right? Is that right, honey? I'm gonna believe, believe that my kids are gonna be happy if they live righteously. I'm gonna believe that my marriage is gonna work if I live righteously. I'm gonna believe that I won't be depressed and oppressed and won't need 15,000 drugs to get me out of my depression. All I need is Jesus. He makes me jump up and down even when my knee is hurting. 
But Jesus said, if the salt loses its savor, it's good for nothing but to be cast out and trodden under the feet of men. Jesus said this, you're to be salt and light, but your salt is no good if you're not salting something. Are you leaving a flavor? My, my wife and I have been trying to back away from all that sodium. It swells everything up. I'm thinking that's responsible for this. <laughs> good excuse, isn't it? That sodium is no good. It swells you all up. You cut back. There, I didn't even realize how much sodium is in stuff. You're all looking at your calories. You ought to look at the sodium in there. It's deadly. But you know what? A lot of stuff doesn't taste very good if you don't have some salt. You know why you're not having much fun in life and why you're always grumpy and why you're like, um, maybe if I buy a house, I'll feel better. Maybe if I just get this new car, I'll feel better. Maybe if my wife's not around as much, I'll feel better. No, it's you. It's you. You need to get the salt of the Lord. You need to get the salt of the Lord, the savor of the Lord, so you're no longer reproaching. People come around you go, what in the heck happened to you? You seem different. I got Jesus. I don't care if people think I'm crazy. He's amazing. Is he not? You think it's fake when Dirk and Nick are up here dancing like crazy? It's because you can't keep your feet silent. When I listen to Celine Dion sing that six times, it's not because I like Celine Dion. It's because America is amazing. Somebody suffered and died to make us free people. You hear all this talk today about separation of church and state. It's not even in the Constitution. It's not. Our founding fathers believed this. They believed that the state should stay out of the church. That's why they came here. But not in their wildest dreams could they possibly believe that we'd ever get to the point about the separation of God and government. They wrote, we are endowed by our creator with certain inalienable rights, and we say, one nation under God. God bless America. Don't you? God bless America. I say this. I say this. I say this. I say this. Enough is enough. We will strike back with the power of God upon our church. People will come and feel the power of God, and it will change them. It'll change their marriage. It'll change their children. It'll change their destiny. It'll change our nation. If enough of us believe that one individual totally surrendered to God could change the world. If that doesn't happen, we are in big trouble. There was an incident, I close with this, back in Calvert County, Maryland. One student, 17-year-old Nick Becker, lodged a complaint through the ACLU about an invocation being prayed at his high school graduation. The ACLU threatened the school board that if they permitted a prayer at the graduation, they would be sued. To avoid that, they came up with a decision to observe a moment of silence instead of prayer. So when the time came, the 17-year-old, one of the senior class leaders, stood to the microphone and requested the crowd of 4,000 people to stand and observe the moment of silence. And the whole crowd stood. And then in the crowd, a single student started this. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our, come on, 
and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive them who have trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver the evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. 4,000 people stood to their feet and said, we refuse to listen to your political correct garbage. We will listen to God. Isn't that about time for all of us? Listen to God. Will you please stand to your feet? I want us to do say the Lord's Prayer together in closing this morning. It's our battle cry. This was God teaching people how to pray. Put it back up on the screen if you will. All right? Together. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Come on. On earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive them trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. God, God, as we pray right now and we walk out here, the way this will happen is when we individually surrender to you. It is the only way that our nation will be saved. Please, God, please hear our cry as your children, your sons and daughters adopted through the power of Jesus' blood. There is power in your name, God. There is power in your name, Jesus. There's not power in Allah Akbar. There is power in Jesus' name. Hallowed be thy name, Father. I pray for your kingdom to come, but I pray that in the meantime, we will live your kingdom here on earth by forgiving those who sin against us, by, by loving those who don't love us, by forgiving God and loving and carrying out your word to be a light and salt to a nation and a world that so desperately needs you. We pray the power of Jesus' name, amen.